Hey everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp and I am here with CIO senior writer Sharon Florentine. Today we're talking H-1B visas and we're gonna dive into the new program, so stick around. So thank you, Sharon, so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. I know we've got a little bit of a different setup here today. Sure, no problem. Thank you for having me. And I'm sure everyone out there is dealing with their own different setups lately. So certainly. No so we have been talking about H-1B visas pretty much periodically over the course of almost, I would say, the last year or so. And we're sort of nearing the next round for the next year of H-1B visas, but the process was a little different this year to apply. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure thing. So back in December, um, USCIS uh, finished pilot testing their new online portal um, that streamlined the process um, significantly. So starting on March 1st of 2020, just a few weeks ago, uh, they opened the online portal. Uh, companies could go in and fill out a very compressed version of the visa application. Um, and that portal was open from March 1st to March 20th. They closed it down. And from the pool of applicants that they got during that time, they will now select the petitions to hopefully fill the cap. Right. And this was intended to sort of be a little bit easier, more streamlined. And interestingly, this is a point that Sharon and I were discussing yesterday when we were preparing, is that this is, there was a the potential for this to invite a lot more applicants just because of the nature of it being cheaper, it being easier. We won't know for sure, but could you tell us a little bit about what um, you've been hearing from attorneys about how this process could potentially um, change? The, sure. the sheer number, yeah. Sure. So uh, previously, when you, as an employer or an attorney for an employer or for the person who's trying to get the visa would apply, uh, the cost would be upwards of $2,400. Um, with the introduction of this portal, when you go in and fill out and then submit your application, it's a $10 fee for each petitioner. Um, so yeah, some of the attorneys and immigration specialists that I spoke to said the potential for this to increase the number of applicants was just huge. Um, each employer can submit up to 250 applications. Um, but again, we won't know, um, how many people have taken advantage of that quote unquote discounted rate and the, the ease of use um, until probably another week or two. Um, just for comparison though, in 2018, there were 199,000 applications for the 85,000 slots. So um, expecting that number to jump significantly. And this is interesting too, because it's a bit different of a deadline because it seems like before it would be a huge, huge benefit to get your application in first thing as soon as they opened on April 1st, right? Mm-hmm. So right. get your application in pretty much as soon as April 1st. And oftentimes the pool would be 
almost full, right, within a few days, or n perhaps not full, but the all of the visas would have been given out over the course right. of... Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, now it's more of a rolling process. You have from just about three weeks exactly. Um, the process is much simpler. It's pretty basic information um, about the company and about the person that you want to sponsor. Um, it's, it really can be done in just a few minutes and submitted. Um, whereas you're correct, before it, you had to submit the entire application with all of the documentation. And then there was the chance that, um, you know, USCIS would come back to you and do what's called an RFE, a request for evidence. Um, if you didn't complete parts of the application or they needed more information somehow. Um, so yeah, definitely a much easier process. So this year, the process was a lot different because they had this three-ish week period to submit their applications, and it wasn't the extensive applications that perhaps applicants or lawyers or companies were used to in the past. It's much simpler, and it doesn't seem like there's any real benefit to get it in early as long as you get it in within that March 1st to March 20th time period. So I would maybe think that this is more of perhaps an equal playing field as long as you get it in on time. It doesn't matter when you get it in. Right. Um, you, you definitely have that uh, rolling application period for those three weeks. Um, now, the, the process is supposed to be a random lottery. So technically, I don't know that it makes a difference if you hit that you know, in, in previous years, if you hit that April 1st deadline, you know, at 12.01 a.m. Um, but I know a lot of companies and attorneys and uh, petitioners would try and get in as early as possible so that if they made an RFE, which is a request for evidence, if you needed to provide more information or you didn't fill out the application correctly or whatever, there would be ample time to, um, to fill in those gaps. Right, and a request for evidence doesn't necessarily mean that your application's going to be denied. Right, yeah. It could just mean that you didn't fill out a section completely or they needed more documentation or something along those lines. But now, of course, as opposed to years past, you are submitting your basic information. And then if you get selected from that March 1st to March 20th pool, that's when you submit the much longer application. And is that when you pay the costs? And is that when you would perhaps get an immigration lawyer involved? USCIS will inform those who were selected by March 31st. And then once um, they notify folks uh, whether or not they're selected, they have 90 days to complete the full application and then submit that for the visa. Right. And here's my question is that when are they are telling um, applicants that they're selected, Is are they going to be telling 85,000 people that they're selected? So it's the 65,000 with bachelor's degree and 20,000 with master's. And then, yep. okay. Yes. And then from there, what happens if perhaps someone has, submits an application but then is not granted a visa if they 
perhaps they need more evidence. Um, what is the likelihood, I guess, of not being granted a visa after getting selected from this new pool? Um, I would assume that if they've gone through that whole process and um, DHS and USCIS has reviewed all their paperwork and their documentation and then they're selected, then they would, in fact, be granted a visa. Got it. So I but guess... Again, don't quote me on that because I'm not entirely sure. But I can get back to you <laughs> once I clarify. So then I guess where that leaves us is with sort of the million dollar question. Obviously, amid coronavirus concerns, a lot of people have been working from home. A lot of offices have been closed. So what is your insight, if any, as to how the coronavirus is going to affect visas and H-1B visas specifically? That's a great question. And everyone's grappling with that. Um, there's no clear answer at this point. USCIS last Friday suspended all routine visa services. That means you can't renew a visa, you can't get a new visa. Um, there's no in-person visa services right now. They've closed all their offices because of social distancing and companies aren't sure what's happening. Visa holders and visa applicants aren't sure what's happening. Um, nobody really knows. Got it. So much like it seems and, the rest uh, of this. It's a little scary. Got it. So much like it seems that the rest of this sort of H-1B visa processes, this is something that is going to probably unfold in the coming weeks. Of course, um, applicants are going to be notified. I mean, just in about a week, uh, whether or yeah. not they were selected. Correct. Yeah, everybody's going to have to hang tight and be flexible. So more of the same. Great. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. I really appreciate it. Um, this update about H-1B visas, especially in the time of a lot of being closed and shut down. So thank you so much for calling in. And if there's any updates, I think we could even probably touch base in a few weeks if anything else changes. Sounds great. I'll be here practicing my social distancing. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Sharon. And thank you all for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. And if you have any questions about H-1B visas, please, please leave a comment below. I'll get back to you or I'll get back to you on Sharon's behalf. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.